Hi, I'm Fred Burton. And I'm Matthew Bay. We're here today in the Stratfor studio to discuss our new podcast, Essential Geopolitics, a dose of essential intelligence to keep you ahead of the news. Matthew, let's talk about Iran. How has the U.S. and Iran relationships gotten to where we are today? Yeah, so when President Trump was elected in 2016, he campaigned on the idea that he wanted to tear up the JCPOA or the Iran nuclear deal that was signed between President Obama and Iran and obviously the other members of the uh, permanent members of the UNSC Council. Since then, Trump has essentially taken the knife in the gutting of the JCPOA into the sense of increasing sanctions on Iran several times. So, for example, um, in May of last year, President Trump, after negotiating with the Europeans, trying to get the Europeans to take a more hardline approach to Iran, um, pulled out of the JCPOA, announced that he was going to snap back sanctions on Iran. They started with that process in uh, August of last year. How's that going to play out in 2020, though? In 2020, um, we've already seen uh, Iran starting an aggressive strategy to respond to that. So, for example, May of this year, where they started to back attacks that are happening against regional oil infrastructure and or perhaps doing them themselves. Now, obviously, um, there's no smoking gun that we have linking Iran to being directly behind some of the attacks, like the attacks on Saudi Arabia's Abqaiq and Kuhayr's um, oil facilities in September. But that strategy is clearly designed to increase the cost of the United States maintaining sanctions on Iran. Um, next year, we would expect those attacks to continue. They may not necessarily be at the same scope or pace that we've seen um, this year, particularly over the summer when they were seeing one roughly every single month. They seem to have slowed down a little they, bit. They have. We haven't seen one since Abqaiq. And, and, and one of the reasons for that is Iran might have assessed that they, they went too far. After that, um, Europe took a much more hardline stance on Iran's ballistic missile program, saying that that needed to be included in any discussions on the road, which Iran never wanted. The Europeans had been previously focused on the nuclear issue itself. What's the Saudis done in response to this? Saudi Arabia, in response to this, has started to even negotiate and reach out with the Houthis in Yemen, for example. They've been um, in a war in Yemen for the last five years. The idea being there is that they view them as Iranian proxies, essentially. But if they can negotiate uh, a settlement in, in Yemen, they can then um, redistribute some of their attention to their northwestern, uh, northeastern, excuse me, border with Iran. Um, now, as we look forward to 2020, we expect Iran to take a more aggressive strategy in its response to the U.S. Um, mainly, though, in the nuclear element, in the sense of increasing their activities. They've already been doing that roughly every 60 days since May when they announced that they were going to start uh, reducing their JCPOA commitments. We even expect or could see their strategy this year go to the point where they might leave the JCPOA entirely. That would put the Europeans in a very difficult spot. And you raise an interesting point there. What is the European play here? So Europe has been trying to... They've been caught in the middle. So they've been trying to essentially give Iran economic assurances to keep them in the JCPOA. One of Iran's big reasons why they've, they started to reduce their commitments to the JCPOA has been because um, the U.S. sanctions have prevented them from exporting as much oil as they anticipated. The EU has been trying to set up an alternative payment system um, to allow for Iran to continue to gain some of those financial um, benefits of sending the JCPOA, but that hasn't worked because the U.S. sanctions are that powerful. Now, on the other hand, they have also been dealing with the idea that even if they set up this, this alternative payment system, the U.S. sanctions have actually prevented that from being all that useful. Um, and then now, like I mentioned before, the upcake attacks, that's basically put their, their security interests in the JCPOA. It's broadening that out. They were originally really concerned about focusing any kind of negotiations for sanctions relief really to the one key issue that they care about, which is Iran's nuclear program. Now that Iran has demonstrated the willingness and the capability to use its missile program to affect the world economy, taking off Saudi Arabia's oil production, they're now viewing that 
in a much more substantial way about how it is something that could affect their security, which is why now they are starting to go into what the U.S. has been pushing them into doing and focusing on Iran's ballistic missile program as something that needs to be negotiated on. What are you looking for specifically as uh, you watch Iran every day? I know we look at that consistently here at Stratfor. What are some of the tripwires you look for, Matthew? So one of the things we always are looking for is just the health of the Iranian economy. We don't necessarily think that, you know, if Iran sees massive protests that they're going to overthrow the government, or if Iran sees massive protests, that means they're going to adjust their strategy against the West and oil infrastructure in order to get sanctions off quicker. But it does play into upcoming elections that we do have in Iran. Um, They'll be holding those in February of next year. There'll be parliamentary elections, and we expect Iran's hardliners um, to probably perform quite well in those elections. They may not necessarily get gain of the parliament. They have a huge uphill battle on that because they've they largely lost, especially in places like Tehran, um, the elections in 2016. But if we do see the hardliners gain a, a very vocal point in Iran's parliament, it, it has some power in the sense that it's often used as a way to shed light and transparency issues in terms of t- discussing whatever is happening in Iran politically. Um, if we have a, a, a Iranian hardliner-dominated parliament, that would actually give more political cover for Iran's unelected hardliners. So say, for example, the IRGC, to continue to do more attacks regionally without having the majlis, so the parliament, opening up investigations into their activities as frequently. That's very insightful. Thank you very much. Uh, for those of you who would like more information on Matthew's thoughts and Stratfor's uh, assessments, please visit uh, worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Fred Burton. I'm Matthew Bay. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.